Here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Our first injury of the day actually broke his back last week. I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. Fam, fam. Mo Salah is beasting. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. Seven La Liga title in a span of 10 years. That basically to me, that means he was concussed. He was knocked out. There was absolutely no competition. We're your hosts, physical therapy students, Andy and Berg. And welcome to the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience Podcast. My name is Berg. And today, it's just me. It's just me, guys. Um, Andy has to take a test, so he won't be here today. But, you know, I have a great podcast for you guys. You know, my guest today is a mental performance coach. He has a master in sports psychology, and he has worked with several athletes and teams on helping them improve their confidence and their focus. Please welcome Warren Fitzmaurice. Going on. How you doing, my man? I'm good. Yeah, I spoke to you on the phone last night. Seems like you were, um, you know, you were out partying at the Mardi Gras. Is it in New Orleans, correct? Yeah, down in New Orleans. That's home, and uh, it's Mardi Gras season, so make the most of it. I, I, this New Orleans has been a place that's been recommended for me to visit several times. I haven't gotten around to do that. How great it yeah, is. It's, uh, it's worth checking out. It's, it's something you've never seen, and it's, uh, it's worth it. <laughs> nice, nice. So, guys, we're going to talk, talk sports psychology today. And, Warren, Warren let, 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 let the listener know what is exactly sports psychology. And my, my background is, is we, I particularly work with soccer players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell the guys, tell the listeners a little bit about what is sports psychology and, you know, how exactly does that helped to improve performance because it's, it's not something people are always think about training, physical training. They're not always thinking about the, the mind training. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how it helps improve performance. Yeah. Um, so the, the sports psych side of, of athletics and performance is uh, it's a growing field, but it's, it's going to remain uh, kind of hidden. Uh, but it, that's okay, and that's a good thing because it should be up to the athlete if they want to uh, pursue this this resource. Um, but just like you have coaches to help with the physical, you have coaches. So in soccer, you have coaches to work on technique and fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You have strength and conditioning coaches that are going to help you get bigger, faster, stronger. Um, but we also know that these athletes think while they perform. They think while they're at practice. They think while they're in games. Um, but there's never really been um, the avenue for athletes to, to dive into the learning the mental side like they learn the physical. And so it, it would make sense if, if we're going to think that we should have somebody help us along the way. Um, that doesn't mean that they're weak or they're broken. Uh, it means that they're pursuing um, a way to get better in their sport just like they do with their coaches. Uh, it's just another tool. It's another resource that they can use to get the edge on their opponent or to maximize their performance. So, you know, that, that's, where it, that's where it starts is, is for the athlete that wants to get better in another aspect of their game. Okay. So what, what are the benefits in, in, in getting a stronger mindset? Yeah, so uh, 
a common one is when the pressure is on. Um, okay. There are a lot of athletes that are really good in practice, but when the lights come on, they just kind of crumble or they don't perform to the best of their ability like they do in practice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if that's what matters most to them is performing in competition, then let's find ways to make that happen. We don't want that to be the reason that they don't play anymore. We don't want that to be the reason that they're still on the bench. Uh, we want to find ways to get them to maximize their hard work, their potential that they do so much in practice. Okay. You know, it's, it, it sounds a lot like it, it, it's, it has a lot to do with anxiety, you know, and how to tune out, you know, like th- those negative thoughts in your head and then, you know, keep the positive one to make sure that, you know, you, you're performing at the, at the highest level. You know, I, I've, I had my fair, fair share of, of, of that too, especially when I'm, you know, have a big competition, you know, when I used to play um, in high school you know, big competition, even now, like when I play Sunday league soccer, you know, I know there's a big team that I have to play in. Or, and I kid you not, the anxiety, like it's, it's crippling like, mm-hmm. before, like doing, doing warm up, Like you, I can't move effectively because it's like, it's like, it's like I have a thousand pound on my back and then I have to like, you know, maneuver around with this thousand pound, you know, it, it, it stays with you. Like my, I feel weak at the same time, you know, it's even worse. There are times where it's like, you know, I, I have like diarrhea before. <laughs> like I, you know, it, it's funny, but you know, all the anxiety is crippling me that way. So what, as a player, right. What can mm-hmm. I do to like reduce that stress? Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll use you as an example. Those are great, symptoms of pressure symptoms of aware of of anxiety and that's that's really good that you already have that awareness that's the first part that i work on with athletes is we got to figure out what our symptoms of pressure are what does it look like when we're nervous what does it look like when we're um, scared of what's about to happen Mm. and once we have that awareness once we know that our symptoms are um, that fatigue or uh, that, you know, you got to go to the bathroom really bad, uh, sweaty palms, high heart rate, whatever it might be for the athlete, they can recognize it and say, this is a moment of pressure. Okay. And now, you know, after working with somebody like me or after good awareness or reading books or whatever they want to do, they can say, I know how to handle this. And it's not about, pushing nervousness or anxiety to the side and saying it doesn't exist. It's about recognizing it, having the awareness that it's happening. This is a pressure moment or I'm nervous because I care about this moment and moving on to how do I want my focus to be? It's Mm. using that energy to get your focus directed in the right, in the right lane. So, so basically you're saying a little bit of self-awareness is important. Recognizing um, the, the symptom of anxiety, okay, mm-hmm. sweaty palm, um, weakness, um, having to go to the bathroom. Okay, I recognize the symptom. So what else do I do then? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious because I, I feel I recognize the symptom for many years, but I don't know what to do with them afterwards. It's you usually go once the whistle blow five minutes after the, the referee blow the whistle to start the game. As soon as I start running, it, it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But I feel, I feel like I'm not a hundred percent the first five minutes of the game. 
Because, you mm-hmm. know, that's when everything matters. The first five minutes of the game, your first touch, your first pass. You make, the, you make a mistake during the first five minutes of the game, it's, it's going to basically, like, you know, set the tone for the rest of the game. I don't want that anxiety symptom to hinder me, you know, mm-hmm. the first five minutes of the game, you know. So once I recognize the symptom, is there like a, well, I don't want to say like tricks or stuff like that, but what else do I do? Yeah, so... Well, you said you want to set the tone of the game. So I would want to know, how would you want to set the tone of the game if it was completely under your control? Um, well, I, wanna, I want my first pass to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, want, I don't want to make, you know, you're going to make mistake in a soccer game, that's fine. But I don't want the first five minutes to be just mistake upon mistake because that's all I'm going to be thinking about the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. The coach is going to scream at me. The teammate's going to look disappointed. You know, I don't want to have to look at all of that stuff yeah and and you're bringing up a really good topic and it's that negative self-talk mm. and and negative self-talk in avoidance so your intention is really good of i don't want to make a mistake i don't want to you know lose confidence in my teammates or i don't want my coach to not trust me a very common self-talk among athletes everywhere the intention is great they don't want to fail they don't want to make mistakes because they care about the team but their focus in don't make a mistake is still on the mistake uh got you and so the 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 reverse of that is the positive self-talk of achievement what do i want to accomplish what do i want to achieve so go back to that question of how do i want to set the tone we don't want to answer it with i don't want to make a mistake we want to answer it with what I want to do to, in order to accomplish tone setting. Okay, so if, if I'm taking what you said, so basically instead of saying, all right, I don't want the first five minutes, you know, I know anxiety is still there. I'm still a little weak. But mm-hmm. instead of thinking, okay, I don't want to make a mistake, think of, all right, I'm going to make a pass. I'm going to make a good pass to, you know, my, my, my right, my, my center back. Mm-hmm. I'm make a good pass to my midfield. Or I could be, my, my midfield made a good tackle and I scream, hey, good job, good job, man, good job, good tackle. Kind of like that, like keep it positive. Exactly. Um, okay. That, you know, my first pass, make a decision that it's going to be crisp. Make a decision it's going to be on time. Whatever is important to you, whatever you decide helps you be a better soccer player, find a way to make that first one the best. Okay. And... For someone like you who says once the whistle starts and the first things are over and I'm in a rhythm, then we don't have to think. And that's the goal. We, don't, we want to get to thoughtless play. We want to let our bodies take over. Okay. When we're having those symptoms of pressure and nervousness, we do have to work through it. And we can work through it with how we think. And if it's as simple as make my first pass crisp and that's my focus, then it's more likely to happen. And then we can get off on a good start. Wow. It, 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 it seems simple, Warren, but it I, <laughs> I, it, it, I don't think it's as simple as that because, you know, what's funny, what's funny about negative thoughts, they, they wait a ton. Like, it's mm-hmm. so hard to, like, get them out of your freaking head. Mm-hmm. You stay there, and it's always, like, nagging you, nagging you. You know, it, 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 seems, like, it seems like it's something that, because negative thoughts stay stays there a while it seems like mm-hmm. it's almost like 
you have to like make this a routine kind of. Yeah. Another four yeah, four that, four that's four absolutely four. right. It's really easy for us to talk about it in an office. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's a lot harder for the player on the field. Um, and, and you're right. It has to be practiced. And, and like I said earlier, it's comparable to physical skills. You can't just show up on practice day one and, and know how to do a bicycle kick. Yeah. You guys oh, okay. yeah. years okay. years practicing that stuff. Got you. Um, Got you. And while this, this mental aspect stuff isn't in the same realm as learning a bicycle kick, but it can be practiced just the same. Just like you practice your dribbling, just like you practice your passes, you can sharpen all that physical stuff. You can also sharpen your mental focus, your confidence with with practice. Hmm. Okay, so it's yeah, it's, it's another tool to the arsenal, right? And just <laughs> pra practice that mental skill, which is amazing. This is this is it's quite amazing. So it, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, you know, it, it's not just you know there there's you in the beginning. So there's me in the beginning of the game, right? So I have mm -hmm. the anxiety. You know, we mentioned, all right, so it, one thing that I can do to reduce that is just to start focusing on, you know, things you can do throughout the game. Think about things, you, goals that you're going to accomplish, like miniature goal, like tiny goals that you're going to accomplish, like the first five minutes of the game. Focus on that. Mm -hmm. so me, I'm very visual. I'm already start thinking about, all right, how I'm going to make this pass to, um, say, Jerry, who's my center back. How am I going to make that pass to... Um, to Casey, it was my midfielder. So it seems like there's a lot of visualization in play in there. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know if I'm correct. Yeah. My assumption. Well, yeah, every athlete's going to be different. I won't, I won't say every athlete will do imagery, but I love imagery. Um, right. And imagery can be done, like you're saying, in a game, or it can be done before a game, it can be done after a game to review. Um, but I think, I think you're right. In soccer, you're going to have time to do imagery because, you know, the, the thought is that soccer players just run nonstop, but you're, uh, you're sprinting, you're jogging, you're walking, and then you're turning off, turning off, turning on. So it's a fluid sport, but it's also start-stop. Yeah. And so you have time to um, diagnose the next play, think ahead, learn from other plays, And imagery is a great tool to, you know, how you want something to happen, how you want it to, how you want to execute something. And if you are good at creating images, being vivid and clear, if you're good at controlling that image to see a positive outcome rather than a negative outcome, then it can be very helpful. And, you know, I'm not a soccer player by trade, but you know, I've watched enough to know um, that there's so much creativity in it. Mm -hmm. you can't just live in a box in soccer and hope to be successful. You have to try things and imagery is a great place to start um, testing your limits. Can I get that pass through? Can I get it over that defender just enough and then let it bounce perfectly to my teammate? Mm. Little things like that, that make a huge difference at the end of a play. Imagery allows you to create an image that maybe it wasn't possible in the physical world before, but now that you see it and create it, you can make some really good magic happen. Hmm. I like, I like what you said. So, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about ways to apply that, um, on, the, on, on my Sunday league. So mm -hmm. basically what you're saying here is just, 
you know, the moment that I don't have the ball or, you know, I'm not involved in a play just to start visualizing or thinking about, you know, what I'm going to do next, you know, to, 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 to keep it going. Ah, okay. I see. I like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So he's a, the same, can I use that same technique? Because sometimes, you know, you start thinking about yourself, right? Okay, how, how, how can I get my mind ready? But sometimes, you know, you know especially 90th minute in the game, you're mm-hmm. losing or you're down one, and you can see that your teammate is just dragging. They, they, mm-hmm. they, they can already taste the loss, and the game's not even over yet. And you know that ener- that energy is affecting you, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you say you have to win a championship, right? And it's the score is like one nothing, and you don't want to lose. You have to score a goal to equalize, but you know your teammates are already losing faith. So how do you how do you deal with this stuff? Because I've seen it all the time. Just guys just start dragging along. You know they don't they don't have the same intensity anymore. And you, you screaming doesn't help because you're screaming and you're telling them, "Hey, what are you doing? Run faster!" Or you know put some energy into it. But you know that's you directing negative energy at that too, and that doesn't really doesn't help. So you know. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, what I'm hearing is, is uh, maybe it's a, a repetitive thing at the end of games where teams get frustrated or yeah. the negativity sets in. Yeah. How do you How deal do you with that? Yeah. Um, and to me, that, that sounds like a cultural thing. So uh, parts of games can be, can be practiced just like – a play. Mm. Um, now soccer is more fluid like football. So you don't have formal plays like you do in football. It's set. Everybody sits still. They get set for the ball. Players get already called in. Everybody knows what their job is. Soccer is much more fluid. So it's, it's much more in the moment of reading teammates, feeling teammates. So you don't really practice plays per se. I know there are set plays and there are, you know, um, standard places to be and how to run but you know there aren't set plays so when you practice this stuff you're practicing more for moments and games Mm, you know how do we want to start the half how do we want to finish the half how do we want to end the game what's our best version of getting a goal late um and so you have to set a culture of how are we going to handle those moments so you're practicing moments um practicing feelings of when are, what's this moment going to be like if we're down one goal, if we're down two goals, how would I, how would I respond in that moment? How do I want to respond? So what you're saying, this is, it's not necessarily an individual thing per se, but it, it's something that coaches have to drill in, in a team, you know, they have to drilling that culture, you know, how mm-hmm. they have to basically practice behaviors mm-hmm. for, the end of the game, basically. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I never thought about something like that. So yeah. This, I mean, is why, this is why a team like Real Madrid, um, doing the, if, if they're in the final 90th minute, like the whole, the, whole, the whole stadium know, the whole stadium is scared because they know that Real Madrid is going to score to equalize in the 90th mm-hmm. minute because they've done so, so many times. And they have that mindset. It's like, all right, it's 90th minute. Oh, it's like 80th minute. All right, it's time to go to work. So mm-hmm. this is this is the culture you're talking about. Oh wow, 
Yeah, so, but it has to be practice because you can't just be in the middle of a game and say, hey, guys, let's turn on uh, our aggressive thing right now. You have to – and then, you know, people would be confused in how to do that themselves. Yeah, how do you even but, practice something like that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to step aside, coach, get involved, leaders get involved and say, this is how we are going to be aggressive. This is how we're going to be defensive in moments of pressure. And this is how we're going to handle it because it's going to happen. So not only do you prepare for, um, you know, little moments in the game, like how to execute a, a, a penalty shot or a corner kick, you, you prepare for those moments, but moments at the end of the game are just the same. Uh, who, who, who was the team in the World Cup that scored on that uh, breakaway, like the most unbelievable breakaway, the goalie rolled it out as hard as he could, and the team was on a sprint full-on sprint with a Croatia? Um, I think it was Croatia, but they won in penalty. They won, they won that game in penalty, though. Yeah, but, I mean, it was like this thing where the team hits the ball on the, on the goal, goalie catches it, and without hesitation, he rolls that thing as hard as he can right up the middle, and his strikers are going as fast as they can down the middle without hesitation. That wasn't just, hey, let's try this. That was practice. That was practice. That was a culture of... When we get to the end of the game, this is going to be one of our approaches. Hmm. And then it becomes like a little signal, like a hand signal or, or words that represent what that, that mindset or that play is. And so it goes real quick because you don't have time because <laughs> time's counting down. Yeah, counts down. So, so, so this, is where, um, the, the, this is where the job of the captain comes to play here. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they, can, they can actually – be the guy that set the tone to remind the people, okay, this is, remember, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're doing. Ah, okay. I can see, I can see the role of a team captain now. They, they're probably heavily involved in, in that part of the game. Yeah. So I'll ask you, what do you think the role of a leader is? Is it to be the best player on the field? No, absolutely else? not. Rally everyone to be, to be thinking the same way so that you can mm-hmm. win. Everyone can do so everyone can work to to help each other. This is mm-hmm. this is, and that's why you have to instill into your, you know, your teammate. So if, if the job of a main job of a leader, yeah, to be talented, but to also get direct inspired. the team in yeah, the right way, that, that's all mental. That's not physical. Ah, that that job of a leader to direct them in the right way has has nothing to do with talent or ability. It has everything to do with. What do I say? What do I do to get my team working in the right direction? Got you. Got so, yeah, you. that's that's culture. That's practice. And that needs to be practice. Oh, you you hit it. You hit it right there, man. Wow. You know, I never thought, man, team sport. There's a lot that goes in team sport that you really don't think about at all. This is crazy. Yeah. And it's the teams at the highest level that make it look so easy. Hmm. Um, it just looks like it, it, it happens naturally, but it's definitely practiced. And you never see that behind the scenes. I wish we could. I wish we could watch practice like we could watch games. I, I, wish, I wish we could do but that too. <laughs> they'd be giving away their secrets so they can't have that. Yeah. I, they don't even want to see. They, they don't even want the, the, the people to see their, their training. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, um, mental, uh, the mindset has a lot to do with um, how you recover from an injury as well. I don't know if we're going to have time to talk about that, but we can briefly cover it a little bit. So, 
you know, if in say I you just got this, I know a lot of player who had an ACL injury, mm-hmm. and you know they when they come back, they, they, they even though they they they're physically clear and they've gone to their prior level of strength and fitness, but you're not the same player anymore. Yeah. Like you can see the fear, the fear of movement, fear of moving a certain way is is impacting their game. So, have you ever worked with a player that? you know, they had one of those horrific injuries and, you know, needed help to, you know, combat the mindset. Yeah, unfortunately, too many. Um, part of where I work is in a physical therapy clinic, uh, sports medicine-based physical therapy. So we, we see a ton of uh, ACL reconstruction athletes. Um, it's a shame that there are so many, but it, it's, it's good that we have so many PTs that know what they're doing. Um, and there, there's a lot of research out there about the ACL, um, that the, the rate of recovery is very good. The physical part is very good about 85% return to play, which is pretty good considering how yeah, major of an injury. It's pretty good. However, on the flip side, only, um, I think it was 65% of those 85% return to the same level that they were at before. And so if they're physically good, what's the difference? Just it's fear. It's yeah, it's a fear of re-injury. It's a fear of it happening again. It's a lack of comfortableness with what they're doing. Um, and so it's it's huge. The the mindset is huge coming out of that. And PTs are in a great space to do that. Um, they work with their athletes once, two, three times a week. Uh, athletic trainers are in a great spot to do that if they have that access. Um, but sometimes you just don't know how to handle that when an athlete says, I don't know how to do this or I don't want to go full out. Mm-hmm. I want to back off because that seems safer to me. But that doesn't help them get yeah, back to play. That doesn't help getting back into competition. And if they're not getting back to competition, if they're just riding the bench and they're practicing – they're going to lose motivation to play. Mm. And once they lose that, then they're going to stop going because now they've got two reasons. My leg doesn't feel great and I'm not playing anyway. How do you, how do you, how do you deal with that though? How do you, how do you get to that 60% that's able to return to full competition? Yeah, I think there, there's three things. Well, it, it's one thing, it's all trust, but there's three things we need to trust. We need to trust our therapist So we have to trust that what he or she is saying and asking us to do mm-hmm. is going to get me to the to back to play. Then we have to trust our therapy, meaning the exercises that I'm doing and the effort that I'm giving is going to get me back to play. And then the third one is we have to trust ourselves. And that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. Can I do a single leg squat and not focus on my knee being weak? Can I do functional movements and think that my knee's going to snap again? And that's really hard to get out of athletes because they don't want to admit that because that's, that's a sign of weakness. That's a sign that they need help. But of course they need help. They just had yeah, surgery. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so invasive surgery at that too. Yeah. So getting, so having, having a role in my clinic, like I do, I get to just be there for the athletes, chit chat with them, especially when they're going back to the functional stuff, 
to ask them if they have any self-doubt, any fear. Um, and there, there are things that they say that are red flags, like, well, it feels fine, but I just don't know if I can kick a ball as hard. Mm. And so once I hear that kind of stuff, then I know it's time for me to get involved, to direct their focus in the right way. Just like we were talking about earlier with symptoms of pressure, mm-hmm. the, the, the focus was directed at the wrong thing. We want to shift focus to the right thing. It's not bad to think that they're, they're weak or they're not ready. It's okay because they're going to get it over time as long as they have the right mindset. Um, obviously, you have to have the physical. The physical has to be there. Yeah, the physical. You just have great mindset that I'm healthy but not have a healthy knee. Doesn't work that way. So, um, yeah, go ahead. To me, to me, it sounds like we have to set up appropriate goals, appropriate milestone that will give them the motivation and to, to, for them to be able to go back to like full competition level. And that could entail like, all right, so uh, my knee is weak and buckles when I do a, 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 like a single leg squat. All right. The first goal is to make dual single leg squat you know, with, my, with my knee, you know, stable. Mm-hmm. for the lack of better turn. And then second goal is, all right, um, you know, let me do my, can I be, can I do some plyometrics, you know, with proper form? Mm-hmm. And third goal will be, all right, can I do running now? Let's, let's start, let's not, can I do it? I'm going to run. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this certain, I'm going to run at this speed or run at one, this distance with no pain. Let's accomplish this milestone. And then, keep adding on to the goal until it gets to a goal where it's like near competition mm-hmm. level. And it, to me, that's sort of like how I get the patient, the, the client back into full competition um, based on what you just said. I don't know if I'm right here, but you know, I'm just yeah. spreading out ideas. Yeah. What, what you're doing is creating functional goals for them. Yeah. As soon as they hit them, that's going to have twofold um, progress. They're going to, get to advance in their protocol. They're going to get to move forward and get asked to do more functional stuff when they complete it. And when they do complete it, it's going to give them a boost of confidence that, okay, I can do this. My knee is going to be good. Um, If they don't hit that function goal, then we just back up and we find ways to get them prepared for that functional goal. And then once they get that, then they move back to it and then you're creating confidence again. Okay. But we have to, we, yeah, you have to meet functional goals. You have to meet um, some things laid out by the PT and the doc so that they can reach things and then progress. Good. Good, good, good. You know, we see this, there's a, there's a lot of that, you know, I don't think a mindset and anxiety in, you know, getting the right mindset before you play is, is so important before you play doing, doing the game and, you know, after an injury, you know, it's something that is not talked about enough. So I'm glad that you're able to come on and, you know, you know spit some knowledge <laughs> to the listeners. Thank you for that. So in, in, in summary, cause we, we kind of have to wrap up, I think at this point, but in summary, right. Say little Johnny, is going into his first tryout. Um, he's, he's about to, to sign with this um, semi-pro or, or professional team. 
you know, what some of the thing in summary of everything we just said, what are some of the things that little Johnny can do to, to impress coaches in that tryout in term, not just in terms of like, not, not just in physical, in, in physical capability, but in terms of mindset, what are some things that he can do to prepare his mindset for a, a tryout? Um, yeah, if he wants to, to maximize his ability in a tryout to demonstrate what he's capable of, um, embrace pressure, embrace anxiety, but then have the, the awareness to direct it toward what he's good at. So if he's trying to show off his skills, then show them off, man. <laughs> you know, don't be bashful. The, the tryout is an opportunity to, to show off. Um, so don't hold anything back and, and be confident in your abilities. And, and that becomes the focus rather than if I make a mistake, they're going to cut me. You know, what are, my, what are my skills? What are my strengths? Let's focus on that. All right. And that, that, that's about it for the podcast today, guys. I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to all the important gem that um, Warren just, just mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, especially the part where, you know, have diarrhea and <laughs> for the game and I have to like keep that, keep that under control. Um, well, Warren, where can the people find you if, if they want to um, engage into a conversation with you? Yeah, um, so we can share my email. Uh, be my full name, Warren uh, Fitzmorris at Oshner.org. Mm-hmm. Um, they can give me an email, and we, um, if they're not in New Orleans or in the area, we can set up um, Skype interviews or FaceTime interviews like this. Um, I've already done a couple of those, so yeah, there's there's any number of ways we can get in touch. Perfect, and I'll you know put your email into the the podcast description so that people can. Great. Click and, and, and message you. And once again, you can find me at the soccer obsessed on Instagram and Andy is on Instagram as well at the football physio. So be sure to reach out to us. If you have any question about this podcast and please give us a review because we need it. All right. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace. Thank you.